Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kyle Corner Cricket Cast. I'm your host today, Pratham. And today I'm going to be discussing the match between Netherlands and Scotland, second ODI uh, in this two-part series that was held in Rotterdam. So the stakes going into this particular match were quite interesting, right? Because um, it's a two-match ODI series. Netherlands won the first. So then the second ODI becomes really a decider, right? And it was imperative for Scotland um, to make sure that they, uh, you know, won this particular match to square the series. And more importantly, it was very important for the Netherlands to win this particular match because if they won this particular match and the series, they would um, go up to number 10 in the ODI rankings in the world. And if they didn't, they would move down straight to... They had a potential of moving down straight to number 15. So there's a lot of stakes for both of these sides to play. Um, accordingly, they made some changes. Um, we saw some debutants in this match as well. In particular, um, struggle with these names for the record. Um, <laughs> so any of our Dutch viewers, I would love you to help me correct these pronunciations. But um, Philippe Bossevain um, came into the side, um, a very young upstart. Um, and then also, you know, um, Ari ended up playing his second match. He played his first in the, in the previous innings. Um, and so, you know, Netherlands had some changes. Um, and Scotland, you know, they too had some changes that they had in Adrian Neal, who's a pretty good uh, fast bowler, all things considered. Uh, for them, came back into this particular match as well. Uh, and Sharif sat out. Um, which I think was the right decision. Sharif um, is more suited to pitches where uh, that are that are relatively dry, uh, than this one or, or flatter than this one, because um, he can get some reverse at the tail end of um, both spells with the the you know new balls in the two new balls that are often used in one dayers. Um, and this pitch doesn't didn't seem to really suit him. He bowled all over the shop in the first ODI as well. So I thought it was a good decision. But yeah, going into this match, um, a lot to look forward for both of these teams. Coming onward to the match itself, I thought it was a great performance from Scotland to square the series. Um, they won with about seven odd overs to spare, which is fairly comfortable, all things considered. And I think integral to that performance, um, toning out so well, was the start that they got, right? Um, excellent bowling up front from Evans. Um, Alistair Evans, he took a five foot today um, and really got that new ball in the right, bowled some really quality corridor bowling. Um, he's another one of these bowlers from both of these sides who has a high arm action a lot that allows him to extract extra bounce. He utilized it well. He pitched the ball up, um, got the ball to seam a little bit. Um, there was some loose batting admittedly from the likes of Dowd and Cooper. Um, Cooper with that hat trick delivery as well, uh, or that sec lead up to the hat-trick delivery bit of a problem but he was he was giving them some problems um and then you had that partnership that was stitched between myberg and silar right now the problem with that partnership and i and it it's really what doomed netherlands today i would i would argue um is that they tried to stitch a recovery a slow partnership which in itself is not necessarily the worst idea, especially if you're down early with a couple of wickets and you have 50 overs to go, you know, consolidate, bat long and, and get there, right? But neither of the batsmen really kicked on. They looked pretty much uncomfortable throughout the entire stay in the crease. Uh, Silar got hit by uh, Evans' delivery. Um, I think actually Myberg got, sorry, Myberg got hit by an Evans' delivery. 
um, that sort of uh, unsettled him on his thigh. Um, and even though he, you know, soldiered on, he really didn't. He struggled to find gaps. He was not very comfortable, you know, rotating the strike. Uh, and the same can go to Peter Salah. Now, I, I really like Peter Salah. I think he's a fantastic um, captain, actually. And I think he's a pretty decent spinner, too. I mean, people might not remember, but in the 2007 World Cup, he dismissed Kevin Peterson and Sachin Tendulkar with some really good deliveries. So you've got to be a good bat- bowler to do that. But he's not a number four batsman, man. Um, and I know he's trying to take responsibility as a captain. He's worked on his batting. He got an FC 100 as well, but... When a guy averages 10 in ODIs and you're asking him to bat at number four um, and you as a captain decide that, um, yeah, that's that's not going to cut it. And and you could tell he, he, he struggled. He really struggled here. Um, you know, a strike rate of under 40, um, hit only one boundary, just... It just looked completely out of sorts and, and looked unsettled, right, by um, the Pacers especially, right? So I, I think... That partnership really doomed them because once Myberg got out for like 69-3, he didn't kick on to get a 50 or 100 or convert it and make it meaningful um, in the context of the match. And then really quickly after that, I think within six or seven runs after that, um, Silar got out. And so really the innings sort of petered after that. Scott Edwards did come in. He he rallied around, played really well. I think I think the slide is quite talented. His uh, shots off a square of the wicket are quite good in particular um but he was really fighting a lone hand then logan van beek who had accelerated so brilliantly in the first story i couldn't really do it this time and really the innings really petered out um after that um good bowling though from evans he was penetrative with his you know when he came back uh and and cleaned up things um i honestly thought another really good bowling uh, performance was given by um Gavin Main again. Gavin Main is a, we mentioned it earlier, he has an action very similar to Morning Morkel and is incredibly quick and incredibly, um, uh, you know, incredibly able to get the ball to rear up from just short of a length um, and get the ball, you know, the about stump height um, from just a full of a length delivery, right? He just is able to rear up the ball from a length and he bowled really well. I was actually kind of disappointed that they didn't give him more overs to finish out his quota. I understand that Evans was bowling really well, and Neil also bowled pretty well, but I think he did deserve um, some more um, overs as well. Um, but yeah, the the final total for the Netherlands at 171, um, it wasn't never going to be enough on this pitch. I know this pitch um, has been uh, not easy to bat on, and the wear that this pitch had from the last ODI match where the ball was bouncing and um, off a fuller length and spiteful um, did allow spinners to come into play and the sort of slug, more sluggish two-tone nature pace of the track made it difficult for stroke play of any kind. But that being said, there was still some stuff in it for the fast bowlers as Evans demonstrated. Um, and honestly, as the Netherlands innings, um, you know, uh, bowlers demonstrated when Scotland, when Scotland's turned to bat, because uh, they got Koetsa out and Cross and Callum McLeod, who are the top three um, of Scotland. Um, I've mentioned this before on the prior podcast, but these three are 
widely considered me to be easily far and shoulders above all the other batsmen in the Scottish lineup. And Scotland historically in ODIs has been very dependent on their top three to fire to stand a chance of winning um, series. But they all fell pretty cheaply. Um, and, you know, again, it was that man Kingma with that lovely outswinger that he has. Um, again, being able to hit a good to slightly fullish length and extracting that sort of um, zip off the surface um, to dismiss them. Um, in particular, Cross and, and Claude. But I think where Netherlands really lost the pot um, and where a lot of credit has to be given to Scotland was unlike the Netherlands batsmen who, if we're being honest, put in a pretty subpar batting performance, um, the, the pressure that that partnership between Mybug and, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, Silar in particular, right? Uh, that had caused them to sort of, you know, accelerate for really no apparent reason, play some really loose, rash strokes, um, aerial shots in particular that weren't necessary, that caused the low order to sort of collapse. Um, that could have happened in Scotland too. I mean, we saw it in the previous match, but it was really sensible batting from Barrington and Munzee, uh, who stitched together first a really good partnership um, for, uh, you know, to just solidify things. Barrington did struggle a little bit, but was able to, you know, be uncharacteristically dogged, I felt, um, for the 28 balls that he faced, right? And I think that was key in, you know, making sure that the approach was calibrated for Dylan Badge to come in. Um, and then, to be honest, you know, Munzee played sensibly. He is a relatively limited player uh, compared to some of the top order in his lineup. You know, he, he has had struggles with um, deliveries wide outside the off stump. He's also had some struggles with um, the short ball, but he played sensibly, right? Um, kept the ball on the ground, um, stitched together a partnership, rotated the strike, you know, from time to time got those boundaries that he needed to hit a massive six to finish off the game. And he was aided by Dylan Batch, who played um, pretty well, actually. I mean, it was, it was surprising because um, he was struggling a lot in the previous match, right? He, he got out for four off 18, really, really looked uh, pertubed by the, you know, the, the fast bowlers in particular from the Netherlands lineup. But I think where the Netherlands lost the plot in the, today's match was A, the spinner. Um, I know he's making his debut, um, Philip Bosovane, but he really bowled too slow, a little bit too... Uh, not enough of a loop and, and bite off the surface that he was able to get. He wasn't able to get much purchase off the surface, right? Um, and even though he was tall, and even though he has something, I mean, he's bowled good. He bowled a really good wrong and that almost got him a wicket in this particular match. He really looks like he's not yet up to international standards, right? He he just bowls too slow and and is not accurate enough. Bowls a little too short from time to time as well. Um, Matthew Dowd um, actually bowled better than him, which I would say is a reflection of that. Matthew Dowd himself, a opening batsman for um, Netherlands, but also a decent legsman, quite frankly, a part-time legsman. His action skitty, it reminds me of Rashid Khan in some ways. Um, but no, I, I thought um, they'd really lost the plot where Silar, like the previous match, decided to bring on the fast bowlers, right? Um, 
Kingma in particular, earlier on, around the 25th or 30th over, I think, they were looking between those overs. They were trying to look for another wicket, and Kingma had bowled about six or seven on the trot initially. So they brought him back, and him and really um, Van de Play, Van Beek really kind of gave things away because they bowled too short. Um, they kept on trying to bounce out Munzee, and yes, Munzee has a problem against the short ball, but on this pitch where the ball isn't really carrying from that length. Um, I mean, there were several keep, you know, the keeper was on several occasions taking it around, you know, uh, just sort of above waist height bounces that were aimed by these two really tall bowlers, which should give you an indication of how sluggish the pitch was on, on that particular length in particular, right? Um, they, they really lost the plot. Um, and I, I think they allowed with some wayward bowling budge to settle as well was able to smash some boundaries earlier off and that probably made sure they didn't struggle as much um but yeah i i think that's where they lost the match um to be honest they because they still had a chance um especially with barrington getting out um around that four for a hundred ish mark they still had a chance to apply pressure and and, and you know take some early quick wickets and and get to a result even though they had had a total that was honestly 30 or 50 runs subpar on this pitch um but yeah i just think that they didn't um the the bowlers the fast bowlers didn't do their job and the main spinner that they selected this match didn't really pan out um so yeah uh all things considered i i would you know like to say that congrats once again uh to scotland um this you managed to square the series um it's drawn at 1-1 and in terms of Netherlands, I think there's also some positives to take home, even after losing in this particular match. Um, especially, I think what was impressive was their wicketkeeper's performance um, behind the gloves as well. Uh, you know, uh, I thought that Edwards bowled, uh, Edwards, I mean, kept really well, um, uh, and I, I thought his batting was a bright light. And then for Scotland, what's going to be reassuring for them is even if their top three are failing, guys like Munzee who've been in the squad and in the team for a while and haven't really performed um, are starting to put in those runs. Barrington as well. Yeah, I know he didn't turn up as much in this match, but you know, showed the sort of discipline temperament that you need. And you know, Budge as well uh, coming in. So I think that there's some positives for both teams going forward. The pace attacks have been solid as well. Uh, overall, I'd say really compelling series to watch um in my opinion this series like these where there's interesting cricket being played by teams that aren't necessarily full member status is a, a huge reason why the icc should be investing in caring about non-full member cricket nations and teams because they they actually play and have genuinely compelling cricket um to offer to you know the the entire sport uh sporting community um and so uh, on that note, I'll sign off. Um, uh, stay tuned. We will be doing a preview of um, the England versus New Zealand series. It's coming up. And uh, yeah, see you guys later.